You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Becky L Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you to talk about the best secondaries in the NFL for the upcoming season. And when it comes to power ranking secondaries, I get that it is a bit of a challenge because something we've brought up a lot is that defenses aren't nearly as sticky from one season to the next as, say, offenses are. So secondaries certainly fall within that umbrella of being a little bit volatile from one season to the next. You know, one of the things I did uh, as far as uh, prepping for our conversation here, Aaron, was that I looked at PFF's uh, top 10 secondaries for this upcoming season. And then I looked at last year's top 10 from PFF and only four teams Ah. out of 10 made, or only four teams out of 10 were both in the 2022 and 2023 lists, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bills. Everyone else sort of came onto the scene in some way, shape, or form. And one of those uh, that was not on the list last year was the New York Jets. PFF now has them as having the top secondary for this upcoming season. And given the personnel they have, Aaron, it's hard to dispute that. It really does feel like the Mm -hmm. Jets could have the best secondary this upcoming season. Yeah, it definitely is not hard to dispute that one at all. I I love that that you looked at last year. Was there any other like teams that really stood out? I had a different process, but we'll get to that in a second. Sure. So, you know, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, Bills uh were in last year's list as well as this year's list, but even then when you look at the Dolphins, you know, the Jalen Ramsey injury to me is significant. They're probably not second best as of now because of uh that injury but at the same time you're adding Vic Fangio and you've got you know (laughs) other guys who are sort of coming into the the situation there and you go there's there's still reason for hope um maybe it's not as much hope as you had you know with a healthy Ramsey uh but as far as other secondaries that stood out to me I mean you know, the Ravens got off to a slow start, uh, but they pick things up. And so is that some kind of a momentum uh, burst that you should expect for all of next year? I don't know. Uh, but it is overall a volatile exercise. Mm-hmm. So I did something a little different. I started started from the bottom. Now we're here. I started from the bottom of the <laughs> list, Ed. And I thought it was very interesting that really the – the bottom teams are the worst are the teams that we expect to be the absolute worst. It's just Mm -hmm. almost to a T I was shocked. So 32, the Rams, 31, the Colts, 30, the Raiders, 29, the Cardinals, shocking, uh, 28, the Texans, but, uh, 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 at 27, a team we are all 
I think we are all very high on. I know Paul is. I know I am. The Jaguars at 27. That kind of stood out to me because here you have all these bottom feeders. It's like, okay, check. That makes sense. Got it. Got it. And then, oh, the Jags right there. I mean, how are you going to stop Pat Mahomes, right? If In a playoff mm-hmm. game, there's a lot to think about there. So that is one that stood out. And then you've got at 26, the Titans, 25, the Vikings. These are teams I think we expect to be pretty average. Uh, the Giants, 24. The Falcons and the Lions, who people are expecting positive you know, things from and them to be a little bit better, they're at 23 and 22. When it comes to the Jaguars, I almost feel like there's a philosophical difference with them compared with, say, some of these other defenses where you're right, it's not going to be a good secondary in all likelihood. Tyson Campbell, certainly solid, but they need everyone else to improve significantly. And I don't know if that's a reasonable expectation for them, but the philosophical difference is the pass rush for the Jaguars, I would argue, is really, really good. So if you can affect the quarterback, uh, force bad throws or quick throws or, you know, you get home, then that's another way to affect the pass. Now, I'm of the belief you start with the secondary and then work your way up, uh, but not everyone feels that way. Some people like to start with the defensive line and then with the linebackers right. uh, creating a pass rush and then worrying about the secondary words. And obviously you're, you know, you're trying to make everything good. So it may be less philosophical than I'm presenting it, but at least with the Jaguars, it's something where I'm not as worried about them stopping the pass as say some of these other teams, because that pass rush is so effective. So where are you at on the whole saying that, you know, a football game is won or lost in the trenches? Is that old school now because of the way the NFL has evolved? Are you looking more secondary Mm -hmm. or do you think it depends on the situation and the matchup? I tend to like looking at secondaries just so that I have a baseline for how well a team can contain the pass. And then from there, you kind of work your way up. So it's kind of like my philosophy being applied to sort of my betting in general. But again, if if you have a bad secondary, then oftentimes that's a sign of the overall franchise having some real issues. Because, yeah, I know uh, when it comes to defensive backs, you try and find the weakest one. You try and pick on them. That's what an opposing quarterback wants to do. Sometimes that's easier said than done, you know, based upon play call, those kinds of things. Uh, but in general, I do think that sometimes matchups uh, dictate certain things. Sometimes it's just overall ability. Like when you looked at the Eagles secondary from last year, you did have a couple of relative unknowns or at least players who you weren't sure if they could shine in that kind of situation. And it turns out just about everybody played well, except maybe the Super Bowl. Um, so then the question is, how, how sticky is that for next year? Even though the Eagles, for instance, uh, are highly ranked on this list, I certainly have some questions here. Uh, When it comes to, say, you know, James Bradbury, for instance, he never had a passer rating allowed of better than 67 his entire career that was charted until last season when it was 54.7. So he absolutely played out of his mind. It was truly impressive. Question is, can he do it again? And I don't know that. I have many more years of data to suggest that he'll be okay, not elite, 
than say just looking at last season and saying, okay, yep, he's figured it out. He's going to be great now. I don't know if that's the case. So definitely matchups matter. History matters a great deal. And when it comes to sort of containing the pass, I do care about the pass rush, but the secondary matters a little bit more to me. So follow up on Bradbury. Could there actually be an angle there? Because this is a guy I played at 50-1 to 1 to have the most interceptions in the league last year. He didn't. He only had three, but the passes defended have been there consistently every year. So, like, he's not at that elite, we're not going to throw his way category. But when they do throw his way, yeah, the passer rating might not be at the elite level, but they're going to throw his way, and he's going to have the chance to make plays on the ball. So, you know – his entire career, last four seasons at least, three interceptions, four interceptions, three interceptions, three interceptions. But the passes defended are there. He was second, tied for second behind Sauce Gardner. Sure. Uh, was 17 last year, 17 before, 18 in the year. So he's making plays on the ball, and they're throwing his way. His number at the one book I'm looking at right now is 34-1 to 1 for most interceptions. And that seems like that entire market – is volatile and a dart throw right. and that sort of thing. But if you were going to play, uh, looking at the top of the list from StatMuse, it was Sauce, Jalen Ramsey, James Bradbury, Darius Williams. Some of these guys aren't even listed. Like uh, Sauce isn't listed like in this market. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But right. is there – oh, sorry. That was So pass is defended. He's third with 17 behind Sauce with 20, Jalen mm-hmm. with 18. Is there any angle there with any him or other corners where they're going to throw the ball his way – because he's not that elite shutdown corner level, but he makes plays on the ball. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't have like empirical knowledge to go off of here, but it always seems to me like when a quarterback thinks they can beat a specific DB, then they're going to keep throwing in that direction. Even if say the reputation is okay, they're average to slightly above average, they may still go in that direction depending upon the matchup, whomever else is in the secondary, et cetera, et cetera. That's I think what largely happened with Bradbury was Everyone else uh, looked to be at a really high level and Bradbury seemed to be the weak link. And that turned out not to be the case. And I, you know, I'd have to double check this, but it seems like once you have a reputation after several games, then quarterbacks will eventually adjust. But there is that lag of several games. It seems like where if the reputation is one thing, 
that's when a cornerback can come in and get passes defended, interceptions, those kinds of things. I think that's what largely happened with Bradbury was that reputation wasn't just sterling with him coming in. Then it became that way. And then there were other ways to kind of beat the Eagles secondary uh, in different spots. Is that going to happen here? I'm not sure because I feel like the, the script is out there now where we know what he's capable of. And so he'll probably have fewer opportunities. But if you're going to beat out that market, I think a lot of it is looking at, say, a cornerback who's going into a different spot. Maybe the reputation isn't as good. Um, you know, Again, I, I'm not recommending this one in particular, but Eli Apple might be a good example. Let's say, you know, he doesn't have the best of reputations coming in, but let's say he goes to Miami and then just plays out of his mind because the context is good. Fangio knows how to unlock him, whatever it is. And he's the obvious person you would pick on perhaps in that secondary. And let's just say he goes off. I think it's something like that where quarterbacks will have that lag between throwing in his direction, realizing he can play well, and then not throwing in that direction. Well, speaking of throwing in directions, we now know that Anthony Richardson is going to be the starter for the Colts. I am so excited. Of course, they face the Jags. That spread is at three and a half. It opened up at four. I'm excited. I mean, throw the guy right into the fire. We said it yesterday. I believe that's the best way to have him learn. Why put in Gardner Minshew? You know, it just makes sense to see what you have there. And he's got to start learning the best way to do it is to get reps, Ed. That's true. And he's also offensive rookie of the year. Uh, he's also in contention for that because, you know, the big thing that I'm saying is you really do need to be starting week one to be a serious contender for that honor. So I don't recommend betting on any of the quarterbacks, but at least Richardson is the starter for week one. So he definitely should be there. I, I wasn't expecting, you know, much of a, of, of a line change or a line shift as far as uh, that news. I don't know how surprising is it per se. Definitely the Colts are doing the right thing starting him. And look, yeah. you know, maybe he gets off to a slow start. It happens. Like, you know, the Jaguars are really good. But I will say that uh, you want that offensive line in front of him to play at a high level because, again, that Jaguars pass rush is uh, mighty, mighty frightening. And look, if this is something where you want to go bet the under because you're not sure how a rookie quarterback is going to perform in his first game uh, against Ooh. that really good pass rush, I wouldn't stop you there. You know, that that may be just a simple bet to make right off the bat. I don't know if I want to look at any unders with Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley. I'm looking at some Travis ATN props for that game. I'm excited. I'm excited to get to mm -hmm. the real stuff. The preseason, ugh, nah, it's not for me. But I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Total 43 and a half. I mean, that's slightly kind of sort of on the lower end. And yeah, again, you know, let, let's say that the Jaguars are up 28, nothing, something like that. They're going to be running the ball a lot with ETN. And I don't expect that to be, uh, you know, I don't know, Jonathan Taylor style or Derrick Henry style where he's, you know, busting three for 60 yard chunks or anything like that. So this is something where the Jaguars could wrap that game up relatively quickly and then, you know, it's just running the ball a lot. And so 
uh, you know, there may be some under props to Trevor Lawrence, who I do like a lot, but you know, there is some underplay there because Anthony Richardson is starting. I want to investigate a little bit and then figure out where I am. So question for you, Aaron, going back to these secondaries. So as far as those that maybe aren't as highly touted because they're starting a rookie, like the Patriots are with Christian Gonzalez, something like that. Is there a secondary you feel like where at the end of the season, we're going to say, ah, we got it wrong. We should have had them uh, much more highly ranked than we did at the start of the year. Well, yeah, I think that remains to be seen. I mean, Taylor uh, came on earlier and was saying he thinks that the commanders are going to regret not picking Christian Gonzalez. The Pats have him, and he says he looked like a starter the second he hit the field, basically, that he looks really, really good. So I think the Patriots are the team that stood out to me that added a cornerback in the draft that will look like a guy who's just ready to go out of the gate. I know I've mentioned this before, but the Buccaneers are really interesting to me because, A, I don't think they'll finish with the worst record. I don't like them to make the playoffs, but they still have some stars there. They don't have Sean Murphy Bunning anymore, but they have Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. There's still some playmakers there in that secondary, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win some division games because of that and... You know, make a little bit of noise. Not that much, but just enough where we're paying attention to them. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Let's Go or Hell No right here on the BetQL Network.